Hi, my name is Stephanie Pletka, and I'm here to navigate the messy parts of motherhood. I'm a small-town mom of four who took a parenting blog and wrote a book to help moms find the goodness in the hard places, to chase their dreams, and write their story. So sit tight in the carpool lane. You know what I'm talking about, mamas. Comfortable in those yoga pants? And get ready to be encouraged. This is the Motherhood Mindset with Stephanie Pletka. Hey, Mama, thanks for hanging out with me today. In the car, on a walk, headed to the grocery store, making it happen all this week. You know, as a mom dealing with schedules and to-do lists and dinner and projects, getting kids to carpool and after-school activities, (laughs) has anyone ever said, girl, you have control issues? Please. I'm just trying to keep everyone alive and fed. (laughs) So on today's episode, we're going to talk about control issues. It's actually from my book, Living Your Best Life, Chapter 10. So do you remember when you were little, swinging at the park so high that it felt like you know your, your toes touched the sky? You squeezed those metal chains as you flew through the air. I just love swinging. I love going to the park. But you know, when it was time to let go, your hands hurt from the grip. You know, what did it feel like holding on so tightly? Well, we had an uncle pass away, and he was the first to go of seven siblings. And talk about the life of the party. Uncle Jerry, he knew how to celebrate. And that day, we would celebrate him in the form of a balloon release at a roadside funeral service. See, we drove through two states to lay him to rest In a small town with a population of, it was less than 9,000. And it brought back so many memories. Do you remember the old Dairy Delight? (laughs) Oh, man. It was like like the uh, older version of the Dairy Queen. So from the old Dairy Delight to the the Walmart, everyone fought to keep out, you know, to assure that those mom and pop stores continued to thrive. Well, it had such a down-home feel. See, the community, it was brought together with Friday night lights and fishing on the weekend, those old used car dealerships, you know, on Main Street. But aside from, you know, like, say, the First Baptist Church, the most popular gathering spot was the Winn-Dixie. It was like the who's who of hangouts in a town full of small businesses where everyone knew your name. It was going home. After driving for hours... We met my parents at a local drugstore to pick up, I don't know, it was like 50 helium balloons for a balloon release that day. Walking through the drugstore, the kids, they grabbed the funny objects that, you know, only a small town could offer. So inside the drugstore, there were things like beer can chimes and all you need is Jesus and the SEC coffee mugs. <laughs> there were laughs and, you know, like, hey, mom, look at this. It seemed like for a half an hour. So my oldest son, he had been eating chocolate, you know, while we loaded the balloons. And I said, buddy, I was telling him, you know, you need to go to the bathroom and clean your face. You know, kids, they're like, oh, he's like, mom, do I have to? Yes, go to the bathroom and clean your face. You should have seen it. My husband, he was wrestling those 50 blue helium balloons in the car as these gusts of winds, they they blew them to the other side. Well, my Uncle Bobby, 
that's Jerry's brother, he laughingly, he was videotaping us sparring with a gazillion balloons that they just kept creeping their way into the driver's seat. Now, at this point, it's funny because the entire car was filled with balloons and it was like they had a mind of their own. I don't know what we were thinking. Well, about the time 12 balloons were secure, I mean, it was like four more shot out the front window and the kids were laughing as they slammed balloons back into the car. To them, it was like a game of uh, (laughs) whack-a-mole. So 10 minutes later, finally, our caravan is on its way. So we sent the kids with my parents who they were feeding them like this steady stream of chocolate bars. (laughs) I'm sure they were so hyper, but to them, it was like best day ever. Well, upon our arrival to the roadside service, I observed it was just so gorgeous. Just looking over those beautiful 10 acres. It was like lush green grass and overflowing kudzu and these colorful flowers. It just seemed as though everyone in town was represented. See, cars were parked along the road for what felt like miles. And as soon as we opened the door, the wind, it gave our hair follicles a run for our money. I mean, it was crazy. It felt like 40 mile an hour winds. And oh, well, you know, the hour of fixing my hair with a precise amount of Aquanet, wasted. Balloons were slamming to the ground. It was like, boom, boom, boom. Three hit the ground and popped as I wrestled the balloons and a hairdo that once was. And guess what? The cell phone rang. Just when you think you've done everything you know to do to keep everything on schedule, it all goes wrong. Um, hey, mom. Uh, where are you? Boom, boom. Oh, Lord, there goes two more balloons. Who is this? <laughs> the wind was blowing so loud. I mean, it was like howling. I could barely hear a voice on the other line. He said, it's your son. I'm like, who? You know, your son, Jack. Where are you, mom? I'm like, what? Where are you? He said, well, you left me at the drugstore. I'm like, what? I thought you were riding grandpa. See, I had written down the plan. But now I've left a child in a town he's never visited, in a state he didn't live in, stranded at a drugstore that he's never been to. (laughs) And just as I'm trying to figure out who is to blame, boom, there goes another balloon. See, ah, control issues. They ask us if we've got control issues. So I said, listen, buddy, mama is responsible for a balloon release. And this is of the utmost importance. And I can't pick you up. (laughs) You should have heard him. He's like, uh, okay. Bang, bang. Hair's flying and balloons are slamming to the ground. Oh, dear Lord. I'm down to 35. Oh, okay. Here is the plan, kid. Your Uncle Bobby will drive over and pick you up. Who? (laughs) Now, I know you don't remember him. He's wearing a black trench coat and a black hat. (laughs) get in the car with him (laughs) you should have seen it there was pure silence he's like uh everything this child has ever learned we're talking stranger danger i've thrown out the window he's like uh are you sure yes he'll walk into the drugstore so be looking for him in his black trench coat the word well we'll say the password (laughs) 
is Uncle Bobby. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Poor child. Throw another dollar into the Candleson bucket. He is going to need it. Bam, 34. Oh, my gosh. Do you remember that singer, Van Morrison? He sang that song, Ah, oh, There'll Be Days Like This. See, no matter how much you plan and fix and prepare, life, <laughs> it's not in your control. No matter how tight the grip, it's like trying to wrestle a Category 5 hurricane and steer it in a different direction. It's false security. I didn't want to place the outcome in another's hands because I feel like I've got it under control, right? And I'm not responsible for another person, and they'll probably mess it up. And we just feel like, oh, everything is all under our control, but it really isn't. I mean, it does take a village. I may have hmm, a few superpowers, Maybe one, but control is not one of them. See, control is rooted in fear and fear cultivates worry, anxiety and trepidation. (laughs) I needed to let go, to spur trust and flexibility and freedom. But how did I do that? I had to figure out how to let go. I had to figure, you know, I had to find a way to free myself from this emotional torture of believing that I had the power to sway life's outcome. So number one, I began to pray. I began to place my worries at the foot of the cross. You know, Isaiah 41.10 says, Do not fear, for I am with you. Girl, don't be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you, and I will help you, and I will uphold you. With my righteous right hand. Wow. Hey, thanks, God. I don't have to go it alone. You know, when problems beyond my control occur, what I can control is my reaction and my behavior. Listen, are you rigid in your plans? I know I can be at times. Do words like flexibility and plan B make you cringe? If your arrangements fail or life doesn't go your way, Do others suffer? Ugh, I've been in this very place. You know, it's like, why do you hold on so tightly? I know. We fear the unknown. We fear negative outcomes. You remember the preacher in California, Rick Warren? He's the pastor of Saddleback Church. He wrote this article, and it was entitled, let's see, Let let Go and Know God is in Control. In it, he says that whenever we face out-of-control situations, we often tend to go to one or two extremes. So for some, the more out-of-control life gets, the harder you try to control it. Or you do the opposite. You just give up. You just quit. What is that scripture in Galatians 6, 9? It says, don't give up. Don't give up. In due season, you'll reap a harvest of blessing If you don't quit, see, it's easy. You know, we'll have a pity party and we invite ourselves to it. I've been on both sides of this battle and I am here to tell you, you won't win. See, because life is not perfect. It's just a journey of progress. We're all like these, you know, fallible humans, right? We're not angels. We're not God. We're just people. And we're trying to make our way in this unpredictable world. So, do you think that by holding on so tightly, 
that maybe you'll find order or keep the kids from getting hurt? I mean, do you think by bundling them in bubble wrap? Oh, how many times have I wanted to do that? <laughs> I mean, have you seen a kid that was in the lap of a dad and a at a baseball game? And I mean, he gets hit by a baseball in the head and you're just like, gosh, I was holding him, right? So do you think by the, you know, bundling them in bubble wrap that they won't fall? I mean, we just don't have control. All we can do is pray. Do you think that by, I don't know, loving them more than others, that they won't succumb to illness? Do you think that by clamping on tighter, you'll keep bad things from happening? You may think, but Stephanie, you don't understand. You know, if if I don't steer my kids to the right college, they won't find the perfect spouse and their life path will be ruined. (laughs) Believe me, I wrote this because I thought it. (laughs) And what if they miss out on a career, an opportunity, people they could have met? I mean, I've thought of it all, please. Everything I write, it's like what I've thought, what I've, you know, I've had to deal with. So I'm passing this along to you. But oh, the pressure, you know, it's like, put your fake magical powers away (laughs) because this is not your burden to bear. However, you know, however you can pray and and trust God, do it. Get up in the morning before you go to bed. But when you get up in the morning, pray and ask God to just give you wisdom and direction to protect your kids. You know, we can only do so much. That's why he's God. He created us, right? So however you can pray and trust God and ask for support from other moms going through similar situations, because this is just not your will to steer. You may think, ah, you have to keep complete control or something bad will happen. But I assure you that if you don't let go, it will. But if I don't hold tightly, who will? You know, do you think that this innocent child diagnosed with an illness is loved by their parents any less? No. No matter how tightly you hold, how hard you love, life happens. It's not in our hands. We have to let it go. You see, at the end of Uncle Jerry's funeral, his precious wife, she walked over and took the remaining helium balloons with only nine left. And as they whipped in the wind, she closed her eyes. She whispered to her beloved, and she gently released them. She wasn't responsible for where they blew, how far or how high, but they would never have made it to their destination if she hadn't have done her part and let go. See, this is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. Whether you have food and drink or enough clothes to wear, isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Matthew six twenty five through 26 reminds us, look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns. For your heavenly father, he feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? Can all of your worries add a single moment to your life? Oh, holy cow. Isn't that awesome news? (laughs) You know, not a sparrow falls from the sky that he doesn't see it. 
not a tear is shed that he doesn't capture it. I think that's in Matthew, Matthew 10, 31. Anyway, so the moral here is, look, you can send your kids off to school. And guess what? They can be bullied. They can get dropped off. They can get, you know, dropped from a team or, or make a bad grade. See, the problem is, is we think we've got everything under control, but we don't. See, you could burn calories trying to control the uncontrollable, listing all the terrible things that could happen. You turn on the news and you see war and death, poverty all around, you know, all the things. See, you can choose to live in turmoil. We can bite our nails and lose our hair and and feel like, you know, the sky is falling. Or we can take that, that moment, the present, and we can count life precious. You know, you can pray and you can trust and believe that no matter what, no matter what happens, God's in control. See, you have a choice here. You can either fear or you can sit there and listen in the present to the giggles on the floor in the living room, right? As the kids are telling stories and rehashing their day in the kitchen, or we can just be too busy to see the goodness right in front of us. We've got to let go of the hurt. We've got to let go of what we think the future could be. We've got to let go of the past of thinking that's who we are or who we were. We've got to let it go. There's freedom in walking in your power and purpose when God's got it. See, you can never move forward if you're always looking back. That's a quote from Susan Miller of after the boxes are unpacked. You can never move forward if you're always looking back. But what if I let go? Am I telling the world that I don't care? That I don't love whoever I'm letting go? See, that couldn't be further from the truth. Well, what if there's somebody that you need to forgive? Well, what if I forgive? Well, will it look as though I've conceded? No. See, I'm letting them off the hook. Am I letting them off? Am I? Do you think that I'm letting them off the hook? No. But if I forgive, does it mean that, you know, maybe I'm allowing them back in my life? No, not at all. But in the letting go, in the forgiveness, you're freeing yourself of anger and resentment. (laughs) Well, it's not even about them. That's what you've got to remember. It's about you. See, if you don't let go, if you don't forgive, it's as though you're drinking poison and hoping it harms the other person. You know, maybe a friend wronged you. Maybe a parent disowned you. Or a relationship has treated you badly. And you keep thinking, this is salvageable. You know, you've tried everything under the sun. You may have an alcoholic father who made you feel like you were never enough. You may have an emotionally abusive mother who perpetuated the behavior. You know, a friend who misunderstood or a neighbor who quit talking to you one day. I don't know, maybe perhaps you wrote letters and you texted trying to discuss, to make amends, to repair the damage and apologize for a mess that you may or may not have helped create. But it's all to no avail. See, the entire situation, it may feel like a big jumbled mess. But if they're not willing to work it out, you know, some people just walk away. And you may think, if only they would reply. But 
no reply is a reply. Some are unwilling or no longer on this earth as you wrestle with emotions that feel tangible. You know, you may have rehearsed this conversation in a million different ways, trying to make sense of it, trying to control the narrative. You may have told them, you may have told them off, you may have stated your claim, you may make your case, and yet you still feel angry and are left reeling inside. See, your lens of life is skewed through how they made you feel. Your story and life patterns have you seeking perfection. Oh, goodness. Perfection. How many of us deal with that, right? Hustling for our approval, struggling to be enough, holding control as if you were appointed to save it all. But guess what? Life's circumstances are out of your control. You may spend days and weeks and even years trying to obtain it. (laughs) You want to tell the world what happened and how you were wronged. But guess what? It doesn't matter. You can only control your reactions, your thoughts, and your emotions. So to think that uh, you're 100% fault-free would be a delusion. But some relationships will never be resolved. And you have to let it go. For the sanity of your health and your family, for you, let it go. What will happen if I relinquish control? You know, in letting go, it will feel as though the weight of the world has lifted. See, it's no longer your job to be the gatekeeper of others, but rather the boundary line drawer of yourself. How do you choose to move forward, whether you're a victim or victorious? It's up to you. Do you remember in the Bible, Moses, he wandered for 40 years with this caravan of like 600,000 people that he had freed from Israel. You know, he was responsible for leading them to the promised land. And he wanted all the answers every step of the way. He asked, God, how are we going to cross the Red Sea? So God parted it. How are we going to feed all these people? He rained down bread from heaven, producing all these miracles. But then God, God, he was producing all these miracles. And Moses was like, hey, I'm getting, I'm getting impatient here. He's like, we need more water. And instead of, you know, asking God for it, He takes his rod and he hits the rock a couple of times. And then he tells everybody like he provided the water. And you know what? God was like, I'm sorry, because you've done this, Moses. You aren't allowed to enter the promised land. Ouch. How frustrating to miss the boat, to miss the goodness, to miss the fruit of your labor. He walked in the desert for 40 years and he missed the finale due to control issues. Do you remember those Coca-Cola commercials with Norman Rockwell? Norman Walkwell had this perfectly captured essence of what Christmas would be like. You know, there was no drunk Uncle Ed in the paintings or no klepto Aunt Claudia. Everything just seemed perfect, you know. And we were more like the uh, National Lampoon Christmas Vacation, you know, where the kids are flying down the stairwell in snow sleds from Ace Hardware, knocking out spindles, flying all over the place. Um, But for me, Plan B's. Like Norman Rockwell, I wanted that perfect Christmas. Plan B's threw me off. Detours shattered my hope for idealism. And I wanted to sit down for dinner. And I wanted people not to be late. I wanted the food, you know, not to be cold. But if it was, I was thoroughly disappointed. And my dad one day sat me down and he's like, you're going to have to learn to not sweat the small stuff. You're going to have to let go of some of these issues in order to have an enjoyable life. (laughs) So number one, I would say pray. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28. 
Number two, go exercise. There is nothing like getting those endorphins flowing to shake the cobwebs off, right? And gain new perspective. Hey, if this show has ever made a difference in your life, would you please make a review on, you know, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen? Love Life 21 said, I love Stephanie's show. It inspired me to take a deeper walk with God as I grow in my purpose. Hey, thanks, Loves Life 21. So in the end, I'd like to say, you can control life about as well as you can control the wind. Let it go. The balloons, the chains on the swing, the Norman Rockwell life. Remember, letting go of control doesn't mean that you don't care. It's just not an outcome. You have the authority to steer. Number three, find a good counselor or talk to a trusted friend. Pick up the phone, meet them for coffee, have someone refer a great counselor. Sometimes you just need an outside perspective. Paul wrote in Philippians 3.13, I do not consider myself to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is left behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead. Herman Hesse once said, we may think that holding on makes us stronger, but sometimes it's in the letting go. Hey guys, if this show has blessed you, the number one way you can help me is to click the five stars and tell me what you think over on Apple Podcast. You can go to my website at stephaniepletka.com and subscribe or grab a copy of my book, Living Your Best Life, or even download the Audible for Moms on the Go. Are you in the Phoenix area? Tune into Faith Talk 1360 every Monday at 4 or listen to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Until then, here's to living your best life.